This is Servant Marcia Carney with Escape to Heaven. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. His anointing is empowering. The kingdom of the Lord is within me. And He's calling Good morning, everyone. How are you this morning on this wonderful Monday, 1130 a.m.? You're listening to 94.1 Wave 94, Servant Marcia, Heaven on Earth Ministries of Jesus Christ. And I wanted to remind you about escaping to heaven in the midst of all the turmoil and all the news and all the crazies and all the unknowns and oh not to mention the experiences that we're going through there is a refuge and that refuge is heaven but how do we escape while we're in the middle of it all and and what qualifies us to even be able to escape well i got the answer for you today you can escape because you're blessed <laughs> did you know that you're blessed you're um, adopted you're beloved and you have an inheritance and not only that you can receive it all and most of you have received it but you may not know the substance the extent the planning the commitment the cost of you being blessed. Let's just dive in and gain better understanding about what and how did you, in the midst of living in 2022, that you are indeed blessed. If we were to start, because the only place to start is the beginning, and that's Jesus. <laughs> you know, he is Alpha and Omega. And I mean, he's before the creation of anything. So I went to, the Lord led me to John, the 20th chapter, and this is after um, he has been resurrected and Mary has seen him and, you know, he said, do not touch me for I've not yet ascended to my father. And, you know, there's all kind of um, suppositions about what did that mean? Well, my best understanding is he had not yet ascended uh, with the report of his victory to his father. And his victory would have included the fact that he was uh, sacrificed. Uh, he, uh, he, he died. He was, he went down to death and hell and was victorious and preached to those that had never heard, uh, salvation. Uh, all that victory had to be reported in heavenly places with his father and the blood, even the blood. All of this needed to be reported. So he said, hey, do not touch me, uh, meaning that he was already in a state of glory and uh, he could not be defiled by the things of this world. And he ascended and went to his father and um, came down again and lived on earth another 40 days in his resurrected state. But what was phenomenal about 
Jesus at this moment of his story is that um, he saw the disciples. Uh, they were hiding and in a room and he manifested right in front of them and said, peace be with you. He didn't come through the door. He just was there all of a sudden. And then uh, he said, peace be to you as the father has sent me. I also send you. And when he said this, listen to this. He breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Remember when he was um, leaving, even going up, uh, well, I remember he said something about it's expedient for your sake that I go up so that the Holy Spirit, the other comforter would come down. But here's a point in, in, in his information, his history, Jesus, that he literally breathed on the disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. That is an awesome amount of power. That's almost like when Jesus, um, uh, the guy was lowered down, you know, in the roof. And uh, instead of him saying, son, you are healed, he said, son, your sins are forgiven. So literally now God has made the disciples to be functional in the same manner that he had been while he was on earth. Um, even he dealt with uh, doubting Thomas and so forth. Um, if we go over to, I believe it would be, Luke, the 24th chapter. Now, let's go look at that. And that tells us how um, he he made sure that because they were happy to see him and the other person, uh, Thomas, you know, put his hand in the hole to be sure that it was really Jesus. And he even ate with them. So in your resurrected body, you're able to eat and function just like almost a human. But there, you're not flesh and blood. You're a different kind of uh, body, maybe celestial. <laughs> but anyway, your glorified body. But here's what he did after he ate. He said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while it was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled. Because they still was really not at peace that he had died and was crucified in that way. And he was trying to make them have better understanding, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. So even David wrote about his resurrection and not being able to keep the Holy One in uh, the lower parts of the earth. And then he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. So the scriptures are, are pretty much kind of different even than just the, than the law or maybe it's amplification. But uh, he made them understand. He said, thus it is written. And thus it was necessary for the Christ, that means the anointed one of God, to suffer and rise from the dead the third day. Why? So that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. And we just skip over this next three words to all nations. You may not think that those three words are so critical, but they are. Because most of us are called or are Gentiles. Gentiles simply mean that you are of the race of the human race, you are mankind, but you, by nature, have no covenant 
with the creator of heaven and earth. So when Jesus did what he did, it allowed for remission of sins to be given to all nations. And it started at Jerusalem. He says, you are witnesses of these things. And listen to what he says on the 49th verse. He says, behold, I send the promise of my father and pun you upon you. Now, this is after he has already breathed upon them and said, receive ye the Holy Spirit. Wow. So now he's saying the promise of his father that you're to tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So if I had to figure this out, I would say the promise of the father also included an element of perhaps a level of power and authority that came from the father. You know, Jesus gave uh, power and authority to the disciples and Luke and, you know, first the 12, then the 70. But he's speaking differently now that he has been resurrected from the dead. And he led them out as far as Bethany, lift up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass while he blessed them that he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. So um, if we go over to... Acts, the first chapter, we will then find out that right after that, what happened? You know, what happened when Jesus left and went up to heaven? And uh, because he did tell them what to do. So anyway, let's listen to, let's find this out. But uh, until the day in which he was taken up after he through the Holy Spirit. So now Jesus is his relationship is has changed with the disciples prior to him uh, passing, you know, dying and being raised from the dead. He basically interacted with them, always speaking about the will of his father. But now we notice that he is he is operating with them, but it says through the Holy Spirit. So as Christ is leaving, Holy Spirit is taking over. It's almost like when Jesus came on the scene and John was doing all the baptizing and then John said, I must decrease so that he can increase. You know, Jesus himself now is kind of doing that prior to him leaving because now his interaction with the disciples is through the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so he gave commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive, remember, after his uh, resurrection. And he did many infallible uh, proofs to prove to them that I am Jesus. You know, I'm not a ghost. I'm real. I'm fulfilling the prophetic word that has been spoken. And, um, being seen by them during 40 days. And during those 40 days, he spoke of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Now, after he had finished that, he said again, do not depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the father, which he said, you have heard from me. Okay, for for John truly baptized with water, but now you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. So the promise of the Father is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And remember back in the day when John and 
And Jesus were first kind of meeting uh, prior to, you remember John baptized Jesus and he was saying, here comes, uh, I think he called him the lamb, (laughs) you know, the lamb of God, which taketh away the sins. And he said, uh, I'm not worthy of him uh, to even tie his shoes or something like that. He said, because even though I baptize with water, one is coming that will baptize you with fire. And when we say fire, we're talking about the fire of the Holy Spirit, the fire of the Creator, the one God, the Holy One of Israel, the true and only Creator God. Amen. And so... um, they say, well, Lord, I mean, you told us so much about the kingdom of God. Are you now going to restore the kingdom to Israel? So what did they do? They switched that fast from the spiritual things that Jesus was telling them about to their carnality. Their carnality was, uh, we're here on earth right now. We want to take ownership. We want to rule right now. Uh, is it, is it going to happen right now? Because it feels like you're going to leave. <laughs> and he said to them, It is not for you. And that could be talking to us now, because a lot of us that are serving the Lord, myself included, many times I get like a little bit kind of scattered and I'm not really sure, like, what what do you want me to do? You know, and uh, so we can all get to that point. And so he is saying it is not for you to know times or seasons, which the father has put in his own authority. And but. You shall receive power. So that's what happened when the Holy Spirit come upon you and come inside of you. You receive power. Okay. And you shall be a witness to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. That one statement means that the gospel will not be limited to Jerusalem, but it will go across the entire world. Amen. And so that is what he wanted uh, them to understand. Uh, the next part of it is that while he was speaking that he was taken up again, like we were talking about before. And um, the angels came, they said, what are you doing? Um, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. So that meant that he's going to come back again. Okay. That's an angelic voice speaking to them. Those are angels. And they let them know he's coming back again the same way he left. So that's assurance for us again. Uh, here's the next point. In order for Holy Spirit to come down. I always talk about this. There's one thing that had to happen. Verse number 14. Uh, they had the 12 disciples, uh, the 11 that was left. They continued with one accord in prayer and supplication, okay, with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brethren, okay? So it's one accord that will cause God to stop everything and come down to the place. <laughs> One accord. And we're going to learn more about that as we talk about this issue about how did you qualify to be blessed? Okay. Blessed, adopted, uh, put in a select group called the beloved. How? Why? What happened? <laughs> and that's what we're going over right now. 
So it turns out that there was 120 people in the upper room. When I was in Israel, I actually went and stayed in the upper room. I was lost, but uh, I stayed there until I figured out what to do. But in the upper room, there was 120 uh, individuals there, and they stayed on one accord. As they stayed on one accord, what happened was in Acts, the second chapter, when the day of Pentecost. So what does that mean? Jesus was on the earth 40 days after he was resurrected. But Pentecost is what? 50 days. So there were an additional 10 days. That that means that they stayed in the upper room for 10 days. And then the 50th day, which means the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were still what? All on one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house while they where they were sitting. There appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, let's talk about this other tongues and and what's so important about this. We're almost there. I'm good. I mean, I know you kind of getting there with me. Uh, at that same moment, because, you know, it was Dale Pentecost, there were a lot of devout men from, again, every nation, Something is going on under heaven. And when the sound occurred, the multitude came together. They were confused because everyone heard these 120 people speak in their own tongues. So, for instance, you were born in America and all you speak is English. But once the Holy Spirit came upon you, now you're speaking Greek, you're speaking French, German, uh, you know, languages from Africa, uh, from uh, China, Asia. All of a sudden, these 120 people began to speak all the diverse languages upon the face of the earth. And so the devout men were confused and amazed and said, look, these these are Galatians. That's all they speak. What? How can I hear them? We hear them speaking in our language in which we were born. I'm going to make you understand what that means. I know I need to turn into the Bible. I didn't. I'm just going there because the Lord is leading me there. But I believe Genesis The 11th chapter will help us understand the significance of Holy Spirit coming upon the 120 individuals and then doing what? Going on their shoulder, uh, divided tongues. What does that mean? Where is the pertinence of it? Let's go to Genesis 11 chapter because Genesis 11 chapter is the last time that the entire world all spoke one language and one speech, and I will read it. And it came to pass, now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass that the whole world (laughs) journeyed to the land of Shinar. And then they said, come, let us make bricks and uh, stone and asphalt, and let's build ourselves a city and a tower whose top will be in heaven. Okay, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. So that was their fear. 
They operated from a position of fear, didn't they? Notice with the Holy Spirit coming to the planet, that that 120 operated in the spirit of faith, having faith in the words that Jesus said to them before he ascended. But the world in Genesis 11 chapter, the entire world, the whole earth, okay, was literally operating from a position of fear. That sounds kind of familiar because today we can notice those that are spiritually alert that everywhere you look, there was a, a active uh push force to try to get everyone on the planet today to be in fear. So what did fear do to the entire population of the earth in Genesis 11? It caused them to try to build a tower so high that if God sent the flood again, they would not be flooded out because they would be in heaven. The other thing it did, they wanted to build a tower that would allow them to go to heaven without being reconciled unto the Father. So let's look at what the what God did on the uh, fifth verse of the 11th chapter of Genesis. It said, but the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men have built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one and they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. That is a mighty statement for the creator of mankind to make, because it's basically saying that he has given us such Naturally, when he created us back in Genesis 2 and so forth, he gave us such capacity being in his image that if we are on one accord, he's basically saying there's nothing that they can like not do because naturally he's given us dominion over everything on the earth. And so what was his reaction to what he found out when he came down? Verse number seven, he said, come. Let us go down there and confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. And that is the origin of different languages or different tongues. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of the earth, the very thing that they were fearful about. And they ceased building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel. A Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there, the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. Okay. And so that's how it happened. They were on one accord, but they were not on one accord in unison with God. It appears that they are on one accord, but against the creator, because there's no effort, no attempt. If you um, read a little further, you'd find out about Nimrod and so forth. So they were under Nimrod's leadership, and he was a mighty warrior that uh, was not with the Lord. So let's go back to, um, and it even says in Genesis, the 10th chapter, 9th and 10th verse, that Cush begot Nimrod, and he began to be a mighty one on the earth. That kind of implies that there was a genetic change that he became something else. Uh, he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore, it is said like Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord and the beginning of his kingdom was Babel. So he was the king 
that led all of the people of the whole world uh, to come up with this imagination to go to heaven without having to deal with God. And then we're all the way in Acts, the second chapter, after Jesus has uh, been crucified and resurrected and taught them about the kingdom of God for 40 days. And now the day of Pentecost has fully come. And guess what? The 120 individuals, 11 of them, Jesus himself personally breathed upon them the Holy Spirit and told them to receive it. Now with others, they are on one accord and one place. And guess what? Divided tongues are released upon them and they are filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay. So what this means is this is the beginning, the impetus of the Lord fulfilling a promise uh, that he has made. If I go to, and, and also it's actually the reversal of the curse of Babel, because now God is releasing tongues to mankind that will literally make them become one under him unto him through Christ Jesus. Acts, the second chapter, let's look at verses 16 to 21. It says, but this, because the people thought they were drunk. And then Peter said, no, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Young men shall see visions. Old men shall dream dreams. And I will pour out my spirit in these days and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven, signs in the earth, blood and smoke and fire. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So that makes us talk about what is this promise that Jesus said the father. uh, And matter of fact, is that the promise? Because he's pouring out. The Holy Spirit, is that the promise? What is the promise, though, that he had them wait on? And we kind of know it. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But how did we get there? Let's go to Hebrews, the eighth chapter, starting at the eighth verse. Uh, Because um, there was the first covenant that Moses had done with the Israelites, but it... um, it was not. It was not the better one. Uh, there was fault with it. Uh, first of all, the Israelites didn't keep it. <laughs> okay, and so now um, Jesus, by doing what he did, he has obtained a more excellent ministry. He is also the mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises, because the first covenant had fault. So finding fault with the first covenant, verse number eight says. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers, but uh, a new covenant. And this new covenant will be that um, he will put his laws in their mind and write them on their hearts and he will be their God and they shall be my people. No one needs to teach each other because God himself, Holy Spirit, will teach them and he will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins shall be forgiven. Okay, and he will remember them no more. 
And Hebrews, the ninth chapter, verse number 11 says, Christ came as high priest, okay, of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands. That is not of this creation, okay? So there is a supernatural creation, a creation that was done before creation, that now with Holy Spirit being inside of you, you are a partaker of this new covenant. Because the new covenant was put into effect, not with the blood of goats and cows, but with Jesus' own blood. That's why he had to go up to his father with his own blood. He entered where his father is the most holy place once he, you know, once he obtained eternal redemption for mankind. So if the blood of bulls and goats and ashes of a heifer and, you know, all of that can like, um, not, not, not remove sin, but at least put it at bay for a year, which is what the Israelites have been doing. How much more shall the blood of Christ, the anointed one, who through the eternal spirit, Holy Spirit, so Holy Spirit and Jesus work together to effectuate the plan of the creator God. He offered himself without spot to who? Not, not to us, not to Holy Spirit, to God, the creator. Okay. Cleansed our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And for this reason, he is what? The mediator. Okay. Because the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, it was temporary. It couldn't work. Uh, it was <laughs> that those who are called may receive the promise of the internal inheritance. But think about it. Where there is a will, just like with us as human beings on earth, we do a will about what we're leaving to our children or descendants. Well, it doesn't go into effect until we die. And so Christ had to die so that the new covenant, the New Testament could actually go into effect. Therefore, you are blessed. That's how you got to blessed. Okay. Uh, so a testament is enforced after you die. Okay. And so Jesus did that. How did we get to the state of being blessed? It's because of our awesome Savior. Jesus had to die in order for the promises to go into effect. We're going to end this today. I know I'm so excited, but, you know, that's why you can escape <laughs> because of Jesus, right? And Ephesians, the first chapter, just just looking at it, um <laughs> Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, because he's the one, the Father, that has blessed us with every spiritual, not some, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So inside of Christ, there's a realm that is heavenly. And guess what? Uh, I, I This might, might not be where it says, but it is far Far, 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 far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named far above. And not only in this age, but also in the age to come. So God, the father put all things under Jesus feet and gave Jesus the position to be head of all things pertaining to the church, which is Jesus body. Okay. Wow. Wow. You can escape. In Christ Jesus, amen, because you have every spiritual blessing, 
You're in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's why it's important that, yeah, we're living on this earth, but we got to learn more about Jesus. Because if you don't know enough about the Messiah, the anointed one, then how can you even access those spiritual blessings, which are located in heavenly places in the Christ? Oh, my. Just as he chose us, the Father chose us in him before he created the earth before the foundation of the world, the world, not just the earth, that we should be holy and without blame before God in love, having predestined us to adoption. So you're blessed. You're, you're in heavenly places. You were chosen before the creation of the world. And now we find out that uh, you are adopted as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of God's will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Why? Because in Christ Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of the sins, (laughs) according to the riches of God's grace, okay? Which God made to abound towards us, And all wisdom and prudence have made known to us the mystery of his will. So let's just say you still don't know the mystery of God's will. Well, I'm going to give it to you in a nutshell. The mystery of God's will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in his own self, the plan he made, that Holy Spirit and the Christ worked together to bring to fruition, is that in the dispension dispensation, right, of the fullness of times, he will gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and on earth inside of him. And that and that goes to the New Testament, that he will be our God and we will be his people and everything will be in him and we will be in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance. <laughs> okay? And there was somewhere where I saw that that Jesus Christ, and that's what I really want to bring to you, is that initially everything I'm talking about, it was set aside for the Israelites, okay? And you and I as Gentiles, most of us did not have this opportunity, all right? But Christ Jesus, because <laughs> we were aliens from the covenant, right? From the promises, having no hope without God, okay? We were called uncircumcised. But Christ Jesus, okay, he became, he himself is our peace. Our peace, what does that mean? He brought the Gentiles and the Israelites, and he made them one. He broke down that that wall of separation, okay? I mean, you know, the Lord came down, the Father came down and separated everyone with different languages. Well, Jesus came And put it back together. Okay? And even the law that was standing against all of us, he nailed that to the cross. So he literally reconciled both types of nations, the Gentiles and the Israelites, into one and brought them to the Father. So now we can all go to the Father through the Holy Spirit. Amen, somebody. I can escape to heaven like any time I like to. Why? Because I have Jesus. Jesus did it. 
He made sure that any time I want to commune with Father, I can do it. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, and thy will. And what is his will? That none should perish, that we all should be reconciled back to him. As he, as that was his intent. That's what Adam and Eve was all about, to rule reign in his stead on earth. And now those of us that have woken up or God drew us, Holy Spirit brought you to Jesus, and now you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior, you are now back to the original intent of God. And so I'm going to pray today. Uh, you're listening to Escape to Heaven. I'm going to pray today that Father... Uh, strengthen us, Lord God. Help us to wake up to the reality of the excruciating plan, the pain, the commitment on your side that you have done to bring us back in reconciliation with you, Lord, so that you can love us and shield us, protect us and bless us and, and teach us how to rule with your son, Lord. And even in Revelations, you talk about how we will rule with Jesus. And God, we appreciate your love for us. And I ask you, Lord, to help us be sustained while we're here on earth. And let us remember that you are our God and Jesus, your son, is our savior. Father, I release blessings upon Radio Land today. And I just can't give you enough praise about how grateful I am. Remember, guys, the promise is to you and all of your family. So declare it, decree it, and it will be manifested. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. See you soon. Next week. Bye. Anybody